0: Welcome to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast, where we dive into your inner world to explore all of the psychological, emotional, energetic, and spiritual components that may be influencing your struggle with food and eating. I'm your host, Sarah Emily Spears, a trained psychotherapist and energy worker who recovered from my own eating disorder. And now I help women just like you do the inner work to address the real issues keeping you stuck in your problematic eating patterns. Because I assure you, your problem with food is about way more than food. So join me and guest experts as we discuss the psychology of eating and healing and empower you with tangible steps you can take today to begin to improve your relationship with food and yourself from a place of true nourishment and care. Hello loves and welcome to the self-love episode Right in time for Valentine's Day, which to me should be the day dedicated to loving yourself, returning to self-love, leaning deeper into self-love, and really filling your self-love cup. And if you don't know how to do that, or you are really struggling with not only loving yourself, but maybe liking yourself or accepting yourself or treating yourself with kindness and compassion, and respect, then this episode is for you. And I feel you because I have been on this learning to love myself journey for a very long time, and it's not a linear process. There's no overnight trick where you just wake up one day and, ah, ta-da, I love myself. But there are some things that you can begin to do to work on improving how you speak to yourself and how you treat yourself in a way that is aligned with self-love. And that's aligned with true self-love. So today we're going to be exploring why, first of all, it is so hard to love ourselves because maybe you've actually never even experienced self-love. I have had plenty of clients who tell me they don't even know what that means. This idea of self-love is an idea. It's a concept, but the experience of it is foreign to them. And maybe that resonates with you. You understand this idea of self-love. You understand I should love myself, but you don't have a clue how to go about actually doing that because love is an action. Love is a verb. It's something that you have to do and it's a way that you relate to yourself. So we're going to look at, first of all, why it's so hard to love ourselves. And then I'm going to give you some tangible steps that you can begin to take today In honor of the love day, which really should be every day, by the way, not just February 14th, every day of the year should be a day dedicated to love. I really believe if we did that, the world would be a much different, much better place. But for today, your focus is on how can you begin to shift into greater and deeper self love exactly as you are for exactly who and what you are right here, right now, without having to change a thing about you, even if your eating habits are out of whack. Even if you aren't there yet, you are still worthy and deserving of love. So I'll give you some ways that you can begin to practice that in your own life right now. Let's dive in. Okay, so I know for me, and I know for many women I work with, ultimately, your healing journey to improving your relationship with food and your body is really a journey returning back to self-love. Like that is the most fundamental piece of the healing puzzle. Because when you fully love yourself, you will no longer tolerate thinking critical thoughts about yourself, putting yourself down with judgmental thoughts. You will no longer tolerate abusing or neglecting yourself with the way that you take care of yourself or the way that you don't take care of yourself, right? And you're going to begin to have your eating patterns, your thinking patterns, your actions align with love and what truly feels good to you. And that change is the foundation of this healing work. It really is. And I know for me, when I was at the depths of my eating disorder, I did not love myself. I was the furthest away from self-love. In fact, I loathed and hated myself because I blamed myself for getting myself in the situation. I blamed myself for developing an eating disorder and I blamed myself for making poor eating choices, for not having willpower, for not being able to control myself around food. This is one of the outcomes of an emotional eating cycle or a binge purge cycle, wherever you are on the spectrum, is that after an episode, it's usually followed up by frustration, guilt, shame, and beating yourself up. And that response is what fuels a not liking or loving self energy. And over time, that leads to just you existing in a state of hating yourself which is really painful to say. And I believe that one of the reasons it hurts so bad to not like yourself or to hate yourself is because essentially you love yourself. Like the you I'm speaking to is your higher self, your true self, your soul self, God self, right? Like the the truest essence of who and what you are is love, like that's the truth inside at the core and so it hurts when we don't treat ourselves with love because all that we are is love. Now, there's other reasons why over time we learn to dislike ourselves. First of all, we live in a society that really makes a lot of money and profit off of us and not liking ourselves because then we go seeking solutions, right? If I don't like my hair, I'm going to go buy products to make my hair better. Ask me how I know. <laughs> I've been trying to get this hair all like poofy and full of volume for years. I've had to just accept that it's thin hair and it's flat because I you know, don't want to waste my money anymore trying to fix this. According to what? According to the messages that society has given or shown around what gorgeous hair should look like, right? That's one example. Of course, with regards to your body, with regards to wrinkles and fine lines and aging and your nails, I mean, there's such a long list of ways specifically regarding our physical appearance that we've been told we should look in order to be worthy and deserving of liking ourselves. And if we're not there yet, then we need to continue to look outside of ourselves for the... The clothing or the product or the you know weight loss regimen that is going to get us there. And a lot of people are in this space of once I have my ideal body, once I look more beautiful, once I'm happy with my appearance, then I will be worthy and deserving of finally loving and liking myself, which is backwards, right? Really what we're working towards is learning how to love and accept yourself exactly as you are. And then from that space, everything else changes. Like your appearance changes when you operate from a place of self love. Guaranteed. Give it a try, right? Let's, let's do an experiment. Let me just see what happens if I start to actually love myself. You'll be astonished. I promise you, but you're going to have to try it. I'm dangling the carrot in front of you. Ooh, what happens if I actually start to love myself right here, right now? And I know you might be thinking, I don't know what that means, Sarah. And I don't know what that would look like. And we're going to get there. First. A few other reasons why right now you may not love yourself. So we've got how society has taught us to be dissatisfied with ourselves. Then you've got what was modeled to you. So if you think about your upbringing, did you have parents who modeled self-love? Did you have parents who modeled to you what it is to love another in an unconditional or healthy manner? Most of us, while we had very loving parents, didn't necessarily have parents who modeled to us loving self. Or maybe the way that they showed love to you was either confusing or conditional, meaning you received love when they were in a good mood or when you were good, when you achieved, when you performed according to the expectations that were imposed. But other times you were scolded. Maybe you received treatment that was actually something in the absence of love, you know, maybe you were neglected or abused or spanked or yelled at or punished when you weren't good. And so sometimes we learn from our upbringing, even if we had overall loving parents, if there were moments where we didn't receive love, but the opposite, aggression, criticism, punishment, then you can develop this belief over time that I'm bad. I deserve to be punished. I'm not worthy and deserving of love. So for a lot of us, this experience of receiving tough love, we then believe that that's the way we're supposed to love ourselves by being tough or hard on ourselves, by being critical on ourselves. We also might've had this example of worrying equals love, right? Especially for mothers, they are worriers. And so if your mom, the way she showed love was worrying about you, right? The more she worried about you, the more she worried about where you were going and what was going to happen to you, the more it meant she loved you. But again, that love is really intertwined with a lot of fear and fear is the opposite of love. So you may actually have learned that love is worry, Love is anxiety, love is stress, and you've imposed that sort of energy on yourself in terms of how you treat yourself, how you view yourself. And that's not really what love is. That's not the type of self love that we're working towards. Okay. So, criticizing yourself is no longer a form of loving self. Now, inspiring yourself, encouraging yourself, motivating yourself, those are actions we can get behind that lovingly nudge you towards liking and accepting the self but but the really intense criticism and judgment it's not aligned with true self-love and it's not your fault if you don't realize that if you learned a certain way of operating based on what was modeled to you based on what you experienced growing up and based on what society has taught us The final reason I see why sometimes we think it's not okay to love ourselves is because there's been some confusing messaging around it being wrong to love yourself, that that would be arrogant or egotistical, and that we should be humble, right? And there's a difference between loving yourself and being egotistical or being arrogant. They're not the same thing. Love is a very humble energy. Love is a gracious energy and it doesn't equal being overly confident to the point that you are in the wrong, right? To the point that you need to like tone it down a little bit. I think sometimes we stop loving ourselves to fit in with a society where most people around us don't love themselves. And so for you to like walk in a room feeling really embodied and loving self, you would stand out and that can be uncomfortable. So many of us have learned how to blend in, not even realizing that's what's happened because it's happened so gradually over time, probably at a very young age. I remember at one point in my healing journey when I was going back and working on an inner child part that this younger part in me wondered if it was okay for her to be happy and exuberant because it seemed like all of the adults around me were heavy and overwhelmed, and there was this unsettled, restless energy in them. And so we kind of contort, you know, we become these shapeshifters who learn how to fit into the environment around us. So if you have any part within you that wonders if it's okay, like, is it okay for me to actually love myself? Is that allowed? This is your permission slip. I'm giving you permission right now that it is absolutely okay to love yourself. And that's not an arrogant love. It's a true, pure, unconditional love. And it is the, the purest essence of who and what you are. It is music to my ears when I hear clients say, and I've heard this many times, I think I'm starting to love myself. Nothing lights me up more than hearing those words. Seriously. <laughs> Music to my ears. But how did they get there? Right? What is the process to actually beginning to love yourself, especially if you're in a you're in a space of of really hating yourself, loathing yourself, like where I was at when I was at the lowest point in my own healing journey? So let's transition how you can begin to develop and cultivate self-love. First, I want you to look at How am I speaking to myself? And second, I want you to look at how am I treating myself? Because the speaking and the treating, the thinking and the actions are gonna be the two pathways that really are gonna be the most important to address. Let's do a quick exercise to help you connect to the energy, the frequency of love, and how that feels for you. So bring to mind a person who you love, who you love more than anyone in this entire world, and take a moment to close your eyes, pull that person up in your mind and your heart, and just notice immediately the energy and the feelings and the sensations that arise in your body. Just become aware of how it feels when you evoke a feeling of love for another being. And then I want you to think about how you speak to this person who you love dearly. What are the words that you say? What is the tone that you say it in? Is there a smile on your face? What actions accompany the words of love or care that you show this person? Do you hug them? Gently touch them? Do you do acts of service for them? Do you pour your heart into the meals that you make for them? Or the gifts that you give them? Are you fully present with them when you're connecting with them in conversation? Just make a mental note of how you show up in love to love and care for this other person who you love more than anyone else in the world. Now, compare the way that you speak to that individual, the way that you love that individual, the way that you show that person you care through your actions compare those actions and words to how you treat yourself. And you can pause this. If you need to take a moment to journal about this or really reflect on this, I'm going to give you two examples. So for example, this is looking at myself. I had this realization that in former relationships, I would, when it was time for a meal, I would make the most well-balanced, nutritious meals because I cared about this being, I cared about their health, and I wanted to make sure that I was nourishing them. So I would make sure the meal had all vibrant colors, that I was including a source of fat and a source of protein and a source of carb. And I would make sure that it actually tasted good. I would follow recipes. I would spend a good amount of time in the kitchen making meals to nourish the people I loved because I cared about them because I cared about their nutrition. I cared about their health. Then I looked at how I cooked for myself. And it was really alarming, the contrast, because when it was time came time to feed me, oh my gosh, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll just have a protein bar. ah, eh, whatever, I'll just eat some snacks. Oh, I just made a thing of pasta, and I'm eating like cold pasta, because oh, I don't want to be bothered to have to cook myself a meal. And I realized, oh my god, if another person was here with me, I would never, ever feed them the way that I'm feeding myself. I was appalled. I would have been embarrassed to ever even think of offering someone, here's just some like cold, dry pasta that's been sitting in the fridge for a few days. And if I would not tolerate feeding another person that way, why on earth was I tolerating feeding myself that way? And all I could conclude was, wow, this is an opportunity for me to love myself more by being intentional with how I how I feed myself. Like There's a gap here. I've uncovered an opportunity for greater self-love and care. Because if I truly loved and cared for myself the way I love and care for other people, there's no way I would tolerate feeding myself the way I was. And so I have made a commitment now that I'm single and I don't have anyone else to cook for that I'm still going to start to cook for myself as if I was cooking for somebody else because I want to nourish myself with that same amount of love. I want to infuse the food that I'm cooking with love for myself. Same thing applies when we look at how we speak to ourselves, And and I've caught myself in this recently as well. You know, when I work with clients, I'm always advocating for loving yourself and speaking kindly to yourself and, and that you're worthy and deserving exactly as you are right? And then when we're on our own, the dialogue in our own internal mind is often very different. It's like, oh no, they should love and accept themselves, but I need to like just first improve these, these other things first. And then then I'll love myself, right? Like once I get my hair better, once I, whatever the rules are that we create. And you probably do the same thing. I guarantee the advice that you give to the ones that you love is very different from the way that you speak to yourself. And so if we're out of alignment and not an integrity where we're practicing what we preach again, man, we have to really embody that if it's true for them, if I wholeheartedly believe that this person is enough, why am I an exception to that? You aren't. So the voice in your head that tells you you need to be better, that criticizes you and that's hard on you, that is not the voice of your true self. And that's not a voice of love. That is the conditioned voice that is coming from a place of fear, right? And the fear is that I won't receive love if I'm not better from other people. But the irony is, we end up withholding love from ourselves because we're constantly striving to be better and better and better. So, as you can cultivate an awareness of every thought you're thinking and words you're speaking, I really want you to listen to these thoughts and to these words because if they're not true, And if they're not words you would tolerate somebody else saying about themselves, if you wrote these words down on a sheet of paper and they seem mean, if somebody else said them, then they're not aligned with self-love and you need to begin to replace those words with truth. And the truth might sound something like, I love and accept myself. And if you're not there yet, it might be, I'm learning to love and accept myself. It could be, I approve of myself. I deserve to treat myself with kindness and respect. I'm learning to take care of this unique body. I admire myself. Like Find the words that resonate with you, that feel true, and let those words be your sort of default mantra anytime you recognize that you are thinking or speaking words that are critical and that are not loving and kind. And use this being that you selected as the person you love more than anything as your gauge. If you wouldn't say it to them and you wouldn't treat them that way, then that's your test. That I cannot tolerate treating myself that way or speaking to myself that way because I'm committed to loving myself. I deserve to experience self-love. And you do. A second exercise you can do to help you begin to turn the love you give to others inward and direct it towards yourself, is to bring to mind an image of yourself as an infant or a young child. Maybe you actually have a picture that you could pull up and look at, but if you find a really sweet, tender photo of yourself from when you were a baby, it is gonna evoke love. I've never met a person who looks at an infant and and has hate or disgust for it. It's impossible because Infants are pure love and so if you find a young photo of yourself or just bring to mind an image of yourself as a child, practice transmitting love to this inner child or this inner infant the same way that you would love your own child or a friend's child or a pet, you can love this version of yourself the same. And often we find it's easier to love our younger self than it is to love our adult self. And so that can be a really valuable place to start is just showering your young self with as much love from your heart space as you can find. It's like wrapping yourself in a hug or this warm light. So you could imagine as if you had a blanket of light blanket of sunlight, the warmth of the sun, the brightness of it, enveloping you and this young child part. And that can be really healing and a powerful way to begin to love yourself and heal the wounds of self-hatred. A lot of times we've withheld so much love from ourselves that there's an opportunity to really marinate in and sip in and take in a ton of love. Yeah. It's like, you've got this huge ass void that needs to be filled up. And so this isn't a practice to just do one time and be done. This is something I would recommend you do every day for months, like spend a few minutes every day, connecting with this inner part and loving it. And maybe you then move on to, to an older version of yourself and you can start to make your way up the ladder over your lifetime, right? Loving your teenage self and your young adult self all the way until you arrive as the you of today, a few other things that you can do mirror work, mirror work can be really hard. But if you can really hold yourself accountable to doing this, it can change your life and it can change the trajectory of loving yourself rapidly. And all you do is you stand or sit in front of a mirror and you eye gaze with yourself. You look yourself dead in the eye. That's it. Start there. Just look at yourself and notice what comes up. Maybe first what comes up are all of the the mean thoughts that are there and the not enough thoughts and the I hate you thoughts. But eventually when those pass, you find the tenderness in your heart and you begin to speak to yourself in the mirror, looking yourself straight in the eyes, and you tell yourself kind words. The same words you would tell those that you love. I love you. I'm sorry I've been so hard on you. I'm sorry I don't treat you well. I'm committed to taking better care of you. I see you. I love you. I'm committed to loving you. Like you speak from your heart to yourself. And if you can't do it the first time, you keep practicing because eventually you are going to have that moment of breakthrough where the love for self comes rushing through and the sadness and the pain from not loving yourself is going to be healed. You're going to be able to have that emotional release. And that's the next piece is forgiveness. I was reading the book, Letting Go by David R. Hopkins. And in it, he says, a key to making love unconditional is the willingness to forgive. And it's so important on your journey to reclaiming self-love that you forgive yourself. So you can make a list of all the reasons why you haven't forgiven yourself, all the resentments and grievances you have against yourself, I know for me, some of my biggest ones were connected to food and my disordered eating, right? So if you need to forgive yourself for struggling with food, if you need to forgive your body for struggling with its appearance or weight or shape, these are really important elements. Because if you are holding on to the anger or the frustration or the judgment, then that cannot exist simultaneously with full unconditional love. And it may not be an overnight process for you to begin to really fully forgive yourself, but it's a commitment that you are willing to work towards it. Yeah. And so that might be writing down the things that you're forgiving yourself for, gently placing a hand on your heart and connecting to the heart space and really connecting truly to forgiveness for yourself and being willing to release and let go of the laundry list of reasons why. Over your lifetime, you believe you're not worthy and deserving of love. It's letting go of everything you've ever done wrong in the past, every mistake you've ever made. It's giving yourself permission to be a human being who messes up and learns along the way because that is the human journey. It's messing up and learning and failing and learning and growing and falling backwards and hitting rock bottom and then having highs and then having lows again, right? Like that is the human journey. So hating yourself, holding that against yourself, that you are just a human being having a very normal human experience that is crazy and chaotic and not static. It's silly to be holding that against yourself. So you you get to lean into forgiveness. I have three more steps for you. The next one is looking at how you treat yourself. Are you abusing yourself in any way? Are you neglecting yourself in any way? Take a really honest, hard look at how you're caring for yourself and your body. Are you sleeping? Are you sleep deprived? Are you smoking? Are you drinking in excess? Are you living off of protein bars and coffee? Are you sleeping around a lot and exposing yourself to diseases? Are you neglecting to take care of your mind and your soul and your emotions? Have you just invalidated your emotions and told yourself to suck it up and not cry and that you shouldn't be having a hard time? There's a very long list of ways that you could be abusing or neglecting yourself with your actions. And so take a moment to jot that down. And then the goal is to do the opposite which is sort of like what I said with my realization with cooking and partnership. I realized, oh, I'm neglecting to nourish myself well. And I have an opportunity to start to prepare meals for myself the way I prepare meals for others. And that would actually be a very loving action. That would be a way I could expand the way I love myself. So look at how you're treating yourself and pick just one. Start with one action that you're going to commit to that is aligned with loving yourself more or at the very least treating yourself with more respect and care. And to be clear, the action you choose cannot be a harsh action that you're enforcing on yourself from a place of should and from a place of like diet programming and culture. So if you say, oh, loving myself looks like, not eating any sugar. And you've got this voice that's telling you, yeah, I'm just not going to eat sugar ever again. The energy of where the choice is coming from matters. Are you choosing not to eat sugar because you really truly love yourself and that feels aligned with loving yourself? Or is it because you believe then your body will change, then you'll feel better, then you'll be worthy and deserving of loving yourself. So really be honest with yourself with the energy and the intention behind the action that you're going to take to treat yourself with love and care. Okay. Because if you tell yourself, for example, um, I'm not going to have any sugar, and this is not the action that I'm advocating for. In fact, I would say the loving action would be, I'm going to let myself have and enjoy some chocolate at night because I love myself and I love chocolate and I get to enjoy that without guilt just as an example. And there's a difference between enjoying and savoring a piece of chocolate and also rationalizing that it's okay to binge on four bar- bars of chocolate because Sarah said I get to enjoy it at night. You know, you know the difference within yourself. There's a very clear energy behind eating something that feels truly good for you and savoring it and enjoying it from a place of love. And overindulging in something from a place of this frenzied energy where it's like actually perpetuating the see, see, I don't love myself, look at what I did again. That's different. We're not going down that rabbit hole, okay? So I just want you to pick an action that you really truly believe is aligned with feeling good and loving yourself. Maybe it's getting rid of the scale and you're not going to weigh yourself anymore. Maybe you're done with body checking activities, like you're not going to check your stomach in the mirror anymore. You're not going to um, compare your body to other people anymore. Maybe the action that you're taking is I'm going to do yoga class once a week because I really love yoga and it feels so good and I just don't prioritize that and I deserve it. Maybe the action is that you're going to try and meditate for five minutes a day because when you do, wow, you feel so much more sane and that's a way to really support yourself in feeling good. Maybe there's a hard cutoff for bedtime. Right? Maybe you're going to start to distance yourself from certain people who aren't treating you with love and respect because guess what? The more you love and care for yourself, the less comfortable it's going to be to be around people who are not loving and respecting you, okay? So these are just some ideas, but I want you to pick one thing, one way you're going to start to treat yourself with more love and kindness. The other thing I want you to keep in mind is when you mess up, how you are going to pick yourself up how you're going to support yourself when you go through those difficult moments because it's inevitable. You're going to have moments where you feel like crap. You're going to have moments where you didn't engage in the pattern that you wanted to, where you continued to have food cravings or overeat or emotionally eat. We are gonna mess up on the journey. That is not a reason to be hard on yourself or to yell at yourself, I really want to encourage you as you learn to love yourself is that how you respond to those difficult moments, to the mess ups and to your emotions is one of the most important ways that you arrive at loving yourself. And that would be the same way you're going to support a young toddler who falls down, Right? You're not gonna yell at the toddler that they haven't yet mastered how to walk. Oh, you're it's ridiculous that you can't walk without falling and stumbling. You would never ever do that. I hope if you well, we won't even go there. You would never do that. And so you need to offer yourself the same amount of empathy and compassion when you stumble and fall. It's okay. How would it feel to tell yourself, hey, it's okay? It's okay. I got me. It's okay that you weren't perfect. It's okay that you messed up. It's okay that you had an episode. I got you. It's okay that you're upset. You, I got me. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. Like just those words, it's okay, could be radically healing for you. If for a very long time, it hasn't been okay to not be okay. And it hasn't been okay to not be perfect. And those are some of the reasons you're not loving yourself. So in those moments of picking yourself up, literally what I do is actually hug myself. And this is a way that you can communicate through your actions, through body language, like supporting self and loving self through those difficult moments. Hug yourself and just gently rock and assure yourself it's okay. I got me. I love you even when you're not perfect. I love you even when you make bad choices. I love you even when you feel like shit because you ate too much. It's okay. We're learning how to love and care for ourselves. It's okay. And finally, and this one can be really hard too. These can all be hard if you're not used to it. Finally, I want you to work on opening to receive love from others. Because the capacity to which we can receive love from others is going to also reflect your capacity to receive love from yourself. And for many of us, we actually don't let love in from other people. We won't let ourselves take it in. Maybe that's taking in a compliment. Maybe that's taking in support. Maybe it's taking in the warmth of a hug, right? Or just letting yourself feel when somebody tells you, I love you, and like making eye contact and feeling the energy and the emotion of that. Can you expand your capacity to receive love in all forms? Because the more comfortable you get receiving love from outside of yourself, the easier it gets to also receive the love you give yourself. If you're not comfortable with receiving love from others, you're probably going to find it really hard to begin to receive love from you. And so you get to work on both as you work on this journey of self-love. I'm open to receiving the love given to me. I hear women all the time who are in partnerships. Oh, my my husband tells me that all the time, that I'm beautiful, that he loves me, that he loves my curves. And it's like a hard wall. Like for some reason, we are so stubborn. We refuse to believe that it's true. We refuse to believe that actually the being who chose to love me is genuine in their love for me and that the words they speak are actually true and that it's safe to actually receive that. So this is another permission slip. I'm giving you permission to receive love in all forms, all ways that are directed at you and from self to self. The final bit to keep in mind, which I've already said, but it bears repeating, which is this path of self-love is not linear. It's a spiral. You're going to have moments of self-love and you're going to have moments where the old voice, the old patterns, the old wounds show up. And it's all an opportunity to return to self-love. I just want you to make the commitment that you're so fiercely devoted to learning how to fully unconditionally love yourself. That no matter how many times you bump bump up against the inner critics or the self-loathing, that you recommit to that true north and that guiding light. The truth that ultimately I'm worthy and deserving of love And I'm going to find a way to continue to open my heart, to continue to forgive myself, to continue to feel the pain, to continue to fill my cup with loving actions and loving words. Because when your relationship with yourself transforms in this way, and you truly create a loving relationship with you, it will spill over into your relationship with food and your relationship with your body. And I guarantee I've seen it time and time again that the struggles that you've had with food and the issues that you've had with eating will begin to just disappear because love is the answer. It is the healing remedy for any physical, mental, and emotional ailment that you may be struggling with, truly. So make this commitment to yourself because you deserve it. And if you're struggling and suffering, I know you don't want to continue living that way. So let's try the new way. Let's try the path of self-love. Thanks for tuning in to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to follow the show so you don't miss future episodes. And if you loved it, then please share this episode on your social media or send it to loved ones who may benefit from listening too.